Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Tuesday, March 29th. Michael Beller, Jake Seeley, Brandon Funston, all here with you. We are beyond the flurry of free agency and trades that were been crazy over these last couple of weeks. We've tackled every single thing that we uh, possibly could in the news department. I guess there's one thing that has happened since uh, the last time we got together. That was Tyreek Hill getting traded from the Chiefs to the Dolphins, but that'll be part of the discussion organically that we're going to get into uh, on this episode of TAFFP. We're getting our sights set on the NFL draft uh, just about a month away from right now, but uh, it's a little bit of a lull in the fantasy football discussion calendar, so we've got uh, we got something fun planned for you today. Brandon Funston, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. Just got my morning basketball run in, so I've got the blood pump and I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah. This is, this is a man whose blood oxygen level is just <laughs> through the roof, feeling Spiking. good. Spiking <laughs> right now. <laughs> ready to go. Jake Seeley, how you feeling, man? You got that blood oxygen pumping? It's, it's already <laughs> afternoon where you are. It is actually it's at, by seven minutes. It's afternoon, so there you go. Yeah, I, I'm doing. I'm doing well over here. Uh, kind of hungry because we're doing this at lunchtime for a change. But yeah, I can survive. Yeah, I think you, I think you can make it. We're only going to be here for like forty minutes. I think you can. I think you can handle holding off for a little bit for a late what lunch. Do you, got, yeah. what, do you have any? Do you have anything like uh, that you're excited about planned for lunch? Oh, absolutely not. I, I'm I'm in the middle of trying to get all the rankings updated, so I haven't even started thinking about that. It's probably going to end up being a peanut butter sandwich or something lame. <laughs> mm, I have I, I'm I have the same lunch every day of the week. I, I would honestly bet that over the last twelve years, I've had this exact same lunch. 85% of which, weekdays. Which is? Which is. <laughs> it's just a salad with uh, some deli meat on it. Sort of like a deconstructed sandwich as salad. Or... Yeah. What, isn't that, there's a, isn't that a, not a uh, cob salad, basically, without the egg? Yeah, but no bacon and no egg, nothing like that. More just like... Uh, it's like a turkey sandwich, but take out the bread and put it into salad form, basically. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So yeah. health, it's sort I of you to... can justify it as like healthy, you know, you're getting your health food in. Hey man, it doesn't get any easier, right? When so I was the gotta... internet marketing manager for Lily Vernon, <laughs> wait, I was back after recently after college before all this, uh, I used to eat Monday through Thursday homemade pasta that I brought into lunch every single day. I ate pasta mm. for lunch every day. Carbo loading. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Sitting at a desk, you really burn all those carbs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, that's enough lunch talk. Let's get into some fantasy football talk. So like I said, free agency, mostly behind us. Obviously, there's a few things here or there. Trades, mostly behind us. Maybe something will happen here or there. But all that off-season player movement activity, that's all 99% behind us. Uh, The NFL draft a month away. Still maybe a little bit far away for us to really dive into it. But this is a great time to start planting some flags because now that free agency and trades have happened, we have a pretty good idea of what our first look of rankings are going to be. Obviously, we know the draft is going to change it, but this is definitely a good time to start planting some flags. So let's do that. We're going to run through top 10 position by position, how we're going to do it. We're just going to work off of Jake's top 10. Jake's going to give us his top 10, and then we'll all just sort of talk through it. Me and Funston will throw out some guys that we would maybe have in our top 10s and who would come out from Jake's group. It's going to be fun. I promise you. So let's, let's start at the running back position. No, I, pro- yeah, I promise. Oh. I swear. It's going, to be, it's going to be great. Let's start at the running back position if that's okay. You guys all right with that? I'm good with that. Sure. Instead of going, going a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, it's tired. Let's go running back first. That's what we all think about in the fantasy football world first and foremost is running back. So running backs, Jake, give us your one through 10. I'm sure I'll have a pithy follow-up after you give it to us. 
<laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, do, for running back, do you want to go one through fifteen just because it's running back? Because I think hey, it sure. gets a. I think that the five after are even more interesting for this conversation potentially. All right, let's hear it. Yeah, so let's hear it. the the top top fifteen for running back as I made you pivot on the show live for everybody. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, shocker, number one. Yeah, on Wisconsin. I know. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, that's the top five, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Kamara, Antonio Gibson, round out the top ten. And then these next five are pretty interesting for this conversation. Why I said I think we should keep going. Barkley at 11, Chubb 12, Swift Akers and Michael Carter at 15. Leonard Fournette, yeah. for people wondering, Leonard Fournette checks in at 16. Obviously, I think he finishes higher, but I would not draft him higher. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's just, I mean, you know what? Forget my pithy, uh, forget my pithy <laughs> response. Uh, Funston, first reaction to hearing those names as the top 15. Uh, just, well, it's a funny thing is, it's because Jake's updating his rankings, so I'm looking at his old list, and so I'm now seeing who's moving up, who's moving down. Uh, I guess my question uh, is, is so the Deshaun Watson news has you a little bit more bearish about Nick Chubb, and I'm wondering what what happened to make you move Elijah Mitchell down out of your top 15? Uh, so the, both of those are actually not dissimilar uh, so even though they're two mm-hmm. different teams it's just the people that jumped them honestly it has nothing to do with Deshaun Watson related to Nick Chubb I mean honestly you could argue that the offense is better so that has, that has nothing to do with it it's just going back at second glance now that free agency is sh- shaken out and some things didn't happen for other running backs I would just there's other guys I would rather have than Nick Chubb knowing that Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb splitting with Kareem Hunt um, so uh, I will say this Funston if it stayed somehow as of today, if like nothing changed at wide receiver and they went into the season as it is, I, you would have to move Nick Chubb up and Kareem Hunt up because that would just be a hell of a lot of touches, potentially even from Watson. So that's that. And then Mitchell just comes down to the whole uncertainty of what the hell's going on at quarterback. Uh, really, you know, Trey Lance starting, maybe. No. Garoppolo didn't go anywhere, so is he back mm-hmm. starting? Not maybe? yet, at no. least. Yeah. And then just there's a little bit more certainty in front of those running backs in front of him. So it's not... Again, not so much them as it is people around them. Yeah. Well, one one guy you didn't mention that I I don't I mean I haven't gone through this exercise. Beller basically told us forty minutes before the thing to. I like to have keep top, things. Yeah, I like to keep you. Yeah, on your toes. to have top <laughs> ten position toes. rankings or whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well that's not going to happen uh, in with anything of finality in terms of my rankings, but. I, I have a hard time figuring out how James Conner wouldn't be in the top 15 just because of how served Ooh. up those rushing touchdowns have been. I'm with Arizona. Jake on this one. But that's why. It's the touchdown variance. I'm not – the guy ran for 750 yards last year. Okay, se- 750 the, un- unimpressive yards. 752. And I'm a James Conner guy. <laughs> we sat on this show last year. And we're having the whole debate about how ridiculous we all thought the fact that Chase Edmonds was going rounds in front of James Conner. And we sat here on weekly ranking show at the beginning of the year talking about James Conner. I'm just never going to rely on somebody repeating 15 rushing touchdowns on 750 yards. If you told me, again, that's another one that will change. I, I have, it's for your point, Faustin, I have him at 18. So to, just to keep going, I'm like, hell, they'll be on the site, everybody. Uh, so. <laughs> It's Carter at 15. It's Fournette, Mitchell, Connor. Bang, 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 16, 17, 18. So Connor's right there at 18. But 
even that just gives me a little bit of trepidation because I don't believe they're going into the season with just Connor and Eno Benjamin. I think Arizona's drafting a running back or hell, holy crap, if Melvin Gordon ends up there, pff, I just <laughs> not that it makes sense. I'm just saying it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Connor didn't even have 250 touches last year and had 15 touchdowns. So I get it, but it's similar to Ezekiel Elliott, who nobody seems to complain, and I'm not saying you are, but nobody seems to complain that I have Ezekiel Elliott down in the 20s, the high 20s. He's 22 because of the same reason. I just, I'm not going to bank on that workload, and Zeke had, what, significantly more touches in yours than Connor did. But, well, so if, if they don't do anything to address the running back position beyond what they currently have, are you going to move them up? Because I think so, it, as it is, I mean, you have to start talking as a baseline, double-digit touchdowns and 50-plus catches for Connor. If you know, yes. you can, if, if if they don't do anything, if yeah. if they didn't do anything else, similar to the conversation we have with Cleveland with Donovan Peoples Jones being relevant right now and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at my ranks, I'd put him one spot in front of Chubb. I put him at twelve if they didn't do anything else. Okay, just because of the work. Nine of his <laughs> nine of his rushing touchdowns last year were one or two yards, and so I think that's really where this where what Funston is saying right now comes down to. Uh, because if, if they don't do anything else and you can bank on him being like that dude for sure, short yardage, and especially if Kyler's not taking a ton of those off the table like he wasn't last year, you know, then it does sort of start to feel like 10 touchdowns and 50 catches feel like floors for him. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that we know that Arizona serves up you know, they get into the red zone. I mean, Kenyon Drake had 10 rushing touchdowns a year before. Like, this has been a good good system for mm-hmm. producing running back touchdowns because they get down there a lot. So, uh, yeah, they can have an anomaly year, but I think they're they're more, you know, they're more likely to get into the red zone than a lot of other teams in the league. Sure, I'm just Seems- never going to rank high based on touchdowns or variance. I, I want touches. I want volume, and the touchdowns usually come with it. And granted, you can say Zeke and Connor – uh, even Derrick Henry, though he's getting the touches, but you can you can obviously bake in a higher touchdown rate. I mean, if for everybody out there, I know this is a long ways off, but when the draft kit, this is why you have the customizable sheet that I gave you for because if you want to increase the percent of touchdowns per touch for any running back, mm-hmm. you can. You can say, "Whoa, two percent's way too low. It should be five for whatever it is." But obviously, you can bake that in. But again, I'm always going to even. I mean, what's the percentage if you want to do it real quick off the top? You have 15 into 2,200 rushes. That's what that's that's a what eight percent? Am I doing my math right? Yeah. Or did I overshoot? Yes. Seven and a half. Is yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. Seven and a half. Seven point five. Yeah. Eight percent. That's that's an absurd number. That doesn't happen <laughs> like normally. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. Like the what projections would usually bake out is peak. You're going to see five percent and change just because how rare this happens. Three months ago, I think a a lot of people would have pushed back against the idea of CMC as the number two running back. And just in doing some of my research for this this show, I I was surprised to see how many people have come around to that. It seemed JT, Jonathan Taylor, number one running back, seems pretty set in stone uh, right now. Obviously not every single person, but it's by far the majority position. And then you see a lot of CMC number two, Funston, are you a CMC two guy? You got people ahead of him. Um, I think I'm probably. Gosh, that's that's a tough one. I, I think Henry Cook Eckler. I might go Henry. Yeah, I mean, they you know, and they brought in they brought in Deontay Foreman. I, I know he's he's not going to be a significant factor there, but I think they brought him in to to lessen the workload a little bit. Um, 
And then the question marks of this offense in general, Sam Darnold at quarterback. Right. Like, I, I just, I might talk myself out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him drop out of the top four, but if I'm like Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, um, Dalvin Cook, I think those five sort of, I would, number one's obviously Taylor with a bullet. I think those next mm-hmm. four, depending on the day, I could have a it's, different opinion. It's actually super interesting. I, like, I, I'm totally with you on that, Funston. Like, those, those are the, the next four that I, scribbled down are Eckler, CMC, Cook, and Henry. And like, I don't have a, I don't, I don't, as we sit here on March 29th, I don't feel great about the way I would order those two through five. Do you have a similar kind of like push and pull, Jake, internally? As in, do I really care? No, I mean, not overly. I, I, like if right. you want to take Henry second, I'm not going to call you crazy. If Things stay as of today, and they don't add any significant competition or draft capital to Javante Williams. Do you want to take him? Mm-hmm. Not going to say you're crazy. If you want to take Najee Harris, also not going to, especially for talk about volume. But really, what it well, comes Najee down Harris to- might be the safest. I mean, I would put him in my top six for sure. I think you could by the end of the summer. Like if you see Pittsburgh's off, is there like a is there an echo of 2021 Jonathan or 2020? Yeah, 2021, Jonathan Taylor in 2022, Najee Harris. Second year backs, not not necessarily the greatest quarterback, tons of volume. I think the offensive line setup there with Indians is is appreciably better. But that's what I was going to say. That's where I was leaning. Like, if we get a lot of good feelings and reports about this offensive line improvement, and maybe Mitch Trubisky is crazily enough opening the. I know. It's like, (laughs) yeah, but. he kind of does. Do you have feel better, that much worse about him, knowing what uh, we I'm know, just... knowing what we know what Carson Wentz was in 2021? Do you feel that much worse about Mitch Trubisky going into this season? No, I talked about on the free agency recap that Trubisky is actually you could argue better than what Roethlisberger's been for the past three years. But to go back to the main question, the, what I didn't get to and was going to just say very simply about Christian McCaffrey is the zero only nothing else that you can argue against Christian McCaffrey is injuries. When he's been on the field, he's still averaging almost 30 (laughs) points per game every single time he touched the field last year. He even had double digits in the game he left early. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you could argue, and this, look, if you want to say, hey, I want to finish with the number one running back, you can argue it's Christian McCaffrey. Because if he plays Mm -hmm. 16 and only misses one game, could still be the number one running back in 2022. Would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 only health with him. And that's Mm -hmm. why we even have this conversation. That's absolutely, I, absolutely the yeah. case. Yeah, but then, I mean, 10 games I guess it becomes like a, a when, do, when do you say when? Like how many guys, if you really oh, are that concerned about injury, how many guys are you more comfortable with than him? Oh, of course. And that's why I said I would have no problem taking, I would have no problem if you took Henry, Harris, Williams. I mean, Eckler, you can argue at the same point now, is like he's starting to get banged up and has missed a, a decent amount. Not as much as McCaffrey, but he's missed his own time. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook misses his own time, might be suspended. Sure. Joe Mixon, until last year, was missing a lot of time, and people don't realize how young he is still. But And now you're talking mm-hmm. about Kamara suspended, offense, who knows? Gibson, who knows? Yep. offense, who knows? Is he still? Is he finally going to get some of the passing game work? And then, honestly, if you want to talk about, hey, who can challenge this tier, I'm not saying with that team in <laughs> quarterback position still, but Barkley finished ahead of Christian McCaffrey in not total points, but points per game three years ago 
the talent's still there, but injury of his own right, we still haven't seen 100%. Well, we finally started to see close to 100% until he twisted his ankle. But there's no way I'm making that argument for it. But I'd say the big four to argue with McCaffrey. But, yeah, mm-hmm. if you wanted to go that route, I wouldn't say well, you're stupid. What, what if Melvin Gordon doesn't return to Denver? I mean, then Javante Williams. Well, that's why I'm at five. I have him as you can, Melvin Gordon not returning. Mm-hmm. But it's likely that he is. Is what it returning? Like. No, yeah. everything that sounds like it's the opposite. I haven't. Yeah, I've been. The reports I read were that they were have been in kind of like steady contact and have. Oh, I just read to. something like the end of last week, so like Thursday or whatever. I think it was our Broncos. I forget who it was, so I don't want to say if it wasn't, but said that like the intent was, but they haven't talked in a week or two, and it seems like it's fallen off that plan. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let me follow up with you on on Leonard Fournette because you got with him going back to Tampa with Tom Brady back a lot of top ten juice for Leonard Fournette. Jake, you said you think he finishes better than the sixteen that you have him ranked at, but why would you be taking him? So you just don't think there's a ton of ceiling here beyond uh, like the like low end RB one. Yeah, so Leonard Fournette's right in the same conversation as James Conner. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he also didn't play seventeen games. Also, touchdown reliant didn't have two hundred rushes. And granted, Ronald Jones is gone, and they gave him a significant contract. Mm-hmm. But it's still the offense. It's basically any Tom Brady offense, even from past years with the Patriots. It's like Legarrette Blunt. We're really going to say Legarrette Blunt coming off eighteen touchdowns is going to be an RB one the next year. So. Uh, it's really just the fact of the guys in front of them. It's volume, volume, volume in front of them. And, you know, if you want to take Fournette in front of Swift and his situation, Akers and Carter and those guys, and you want to put him right by Nick Chubb, sure. But I think the I think the highest you could argue for Fournette draft capital is like 12 because it's I'll, – I'll liken it to it's kind of like tight end. Like, do if I'm drafting the tight, 10th tight end off the board, if I'm, am I drafting the guy who I think can finish 10th? No, I'm going to try and – reach and hopefully get right. the guy that finishes fifth if i'm drafting leonard fournette i'm just gonna if i don't get him at 12 i'm not taking him there because i think his ceiling is what we just saw and even that was f- what 15 ish points per game so you know i'll just kind of reach for a little bit of a higher ceiling and then wait to see if he's hopefully there at 16 that's kind of more what that is 69 catches 84 targets 454 yards in the 14 games he played it's hard to ignore yeah right yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good Funston, anyone here that uh, anyone that you're like appreciably higher on, or anyone who wasn't in the top fifteen we've talked about here that you would throw into a top ten discussion? Um, no, not, nothing's glaring. I think you know, just the hardest guy to to determine, like the toughest guy to draft right now is Alvin Kamara. 
I, I mean, I just mm-hmm. we don't know what the suspension is. Well, cook we too. don't know. Cook Everybody, too, but I, everybody's I, forgetting I mean, he might get suspended too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then he's you know, and then you got to factor in his two to four DMPs from injury anyway. So, you know, that's <laughs> just like the, the guarantee. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's Alvin Kamara is the one that I probably am, if we're drafting right now, I just don't come out of any draft with him because I don't Same. like to, I don't like to you know use a pick that high on on a, a big X factor. So I, I'm probably a little higher than than Jake on DeAndre Swift. Um, I like the way this Lions offense is is going. I, as much as we hate Jared Goff, he's he's serviceable. I mean, he was serviceable with the Rams. You know, mm-hmm. they went to the Super Bowl with him. They have when you give him good weapons. You know, I, I just think that's an ascending team. And, you know, uh, I think we see more – I think we see a little bit more DeAndre Swift, although I do think you've got the Aaron Jones situation where there's going to be a cap on, on how much we see of him. you so, got to yeah. also bake in the uh, the, the hard knocks tax. No, <laughs> DeAndre Swift's going to be 10% more what are you expensive about? by draft Ezekiel day. Elliott was gangbusters. Oh, wait, no, never mind. <laughs> I've been as supportive of the weapons – for the Lions at times for fantasy purposes, but mm-hmm. what it's come down to through 2021 and initially has mostly been is just the opportunity share. And what we say as of today, as of today, they have Swift and Chark and St. Brown and Hawkinson. When Swift was going bananas, and you again, for everybody that doesn't know, maybe you're new to this podcast, I've been one of the biggest fans in existence coming out of college of DeAndre Swift. I don't just necessarily love the situation as usage there is if Swift and Hawkinson and now the two receivers and, you know, Charkis, it's just Swift was doing a lot what he was doing when number one wide receiver was Josh Reynolds and then Amon St. Brown at the end of the year. Like there was zero Hawkinson. And that was part of the argument where people were like, why aren't you hiring Amon St. Brown? Well, because he was the only receiver left at that point. And I like St. Brown. I like Swift. I like all these guys. But now you have four significant weapons, which, yes, is exciting for Lions and the Lions offense. But I just don't know that Swift is in the conversation volume wise of like a Mixon or even a Gibson. I would love if he is. How many times did I say this, Funston? If you gave me 20 touches per game for Swift, he'd be in my top five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he's probably, you know, 15. He's not He's not getting a – I mean, he's probably in Eckler's world of, you know, getting in that That's 15 good comparison. To, yeah. Yeah. 15 mm-hmm. to 18 touches, you know. I think as long as he holds to that. But you're right. And I was just looking at the pass attempts last year. Uh, Jared got, well, he missed a couple games, but he was at 494. Um, I'm surprised he didn't throw a little bit more than that. Just, uh, thought there was maybe a, a volume, you know, a volume ceiling that was a little bit higher there. Well, maybe if, it if, will be. Be- if Beller wants to like kind of, uh, filibuster here for a little bit in his take, I can find out their passing rate for versus everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, you can uh, you can do that. It's just I well, what's crazy. So like I, I'm I'm about in the same range on DeAndre Swift um, in this like you know ten to fifteen. I'm sure that's where I'll ultimately land on him. Um, so I don't have like a ton to add there. But what's crazy to me is that like as we scroll through the list, there like we could do we could do an hour on running backs. There's so many yes. guys who are going to be like really interested. Like J.K. Dobbins in his return from injury, Travis Etienne. And his return from injury. What does Green Bay's backfield look like? There's so many. Like we could. Like there's a ton of guys to talk about at this well, position. I've been saying this. Like, if you know, I love to get a, a first round running back. This is a year to maybe go with a premium wide receiver because I think that there's a really solid ten to twenty, even ten to like twenty two on the running backs um, 
that is like you can say this isn't a, the tier the, the tier drop between the top ten and the, and the ten to twenty is not as big. I think as it traditionally is. And there's, you start to get a lot more question marks about those top 10 guys. And then you start looking, well, I could wait a little bit longer and get this mm-hmm. guy at 15. And gosh, you know, I'd feel a lot better about just holding off and not reaching as high on one of those top 10 running backs. So I really like the depth in the second half of the top 20 this year. Yeah. So Detroit was 19th in plays per game and 13th in pass rate. So. They're middle of the pack, but then the plays per game are a little bit low. So eh, around middle of the pack for both. The interesting thing, real quick to go back to Leonard Fournette, Tampa yeah. Bay only ran 33.8% of the time. I know. By f- Bra- that's Brady so- had 700 and some passes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so remarkable. That is just, and uh, and I, they I, ran 67 plays per game. The Jets were second, running 61 plays per game <laughs> and rushing 36.7, almost three full more percentage points on six fewer plays per game. That's ridiculous. Truly great offense or truly bad defense. Either way, volume works out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is for sure. On the flip side, um, do you know who ran the fewest plays per game, Funston? If that gave you a yeah, giant... Like, is that, does yeah, that give Seattle? it away? Is that Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. The Bears had to be close. Uh, the Bears were... No. The Bear, plays wow. per game, Offensive plays per game, 14th, 63. What? Yep. Get the hell out of here. Yep. Seattle's dead last is 56.1. The next fewest is Atlanta at 59.3. <laughs> Seattle, oh, three wow. fewer offensive plays per game than anybody else in the league. My well, God. it felt like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get better with Drew Locke. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be a Jets situation. You mean Geno where... Smith? It's going to get better with Geno. <laughs> slash oh. Baker Mayfield. Slash... There you go. Yeah, somebody. I just saw some uh, some uh, like clip of Baker from high school, and his, mm-hmm. his nickname was Shake in high school. <laughs> what? Baker Shake, Shake Mayfield. Shake Mayfield. Uh, Are we no. sure it wasn't Shake and Baker Mayfield? <laughs> hey, oh, whatever Shake, it is, Shake and Bake. It was right after Talladega Nights came out, probably. <laughs> that, yeah, there you Shake, go. Shake there and Bake. You go. <laughs> hey, breaking news: Andy Dalton has Uh-oh. a team. Ooh, oh, Seattle. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Backing up Winston. Oh, all right. That's probably not a bad call for this. Not Saints. a bad spot. Yeah. 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 There you go. All right. Andy Dalton. Is he in your is he in your QB top ten? <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Is that is that a segue? Why, yes indeed. It is a segue. I mean, I, I can't say that I had it planned a little while ago, but Jake coming in perfect with that uh with that uh, Andy Dalton breaking news to the Saints. So yes, let's do it. In fact, so so we've been like we, at 20 minutes ago. I said we're going to go through all the positions and blah blah blah, and then we end up going 25 minutes on running backs. So we're changing things on the fly. We're just going to do running backs and quarterbacks today. We will save pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends for next week. So let's get into the quarterback position. Same pattern here, Jake. Run down. I mean, we don't need to go 15 for quarterback, do we? No, we can, we, no. We can probably just stick to stick to the 10 and see who's left out and, and go yeah. from there. So give us your top 10 QBs. Uh, what a shocker, Josh Allen, number one. Uh, Patrick, without question. Yes, uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, that guy. He's number two, even. But we'll we'll talk about that. Herbert three, Lamar Jackson four, Kyler Murray five, Brady and Rogers six and seven, Burrow eight, Jalen Hurts nine, and then Dak Prescott ten. Uh, we uh, speaking of don't have to spend a lot of time on it. If we knew it wasn't suspended, and if you don't want to draft him, you don't want to draft him. But if it wasn't suspended, I would have Watson actually above Burrow, but I mm-hmm. don't. That's one of, is he going to be suspended or not situation. Right. But those are the what, top what, 10. Where'd Jeff Burrow? What number? 
Eight? Okay. Behind Brady and Rodgers. And if you yeah. want to jump into that right there for everybody, if you want to take Burrow in front right. of Brady and Rodgers, they're in the same group. They are they're grouped together. They're yeah, the same player. Terrific pass passing game, terrific passing upside. They're going to throw a ton. They have terrific weapons. Well, two of them do. Uh, they're going to have yeah, plenty right. to go to. <laughs> they don't run a ton. They might sprinkle in a little bit here and there. It's just really what it comes down to. And honestly, the difference for me, why I have Burrow behind Brady and Rodgers, is because I actually trust Burrow's run game the most and think that that's the only one that could like get siphoned a little bit. Uh, and Burrow finished last year. What was exactly – it's funny, and this is where you can be right and wrong at the same time for everybody out there. I was right on Burrow for where he should finish, but wrong on what was going to get him there, as you both know, Beller and Faustin, is I thought he was going to be one of the league leaders, if not the league leader, in pass attempts. And he wasn't even close. He was just so much more remarkably efficient, especially in the touchdown department. So anyway, there's my case to immediately push back on why people would be like, oh, yeah, Burrow at eight. I just would. I trust Brady and Rodgers. I, I know Brady and Rodgers are going to continue with their efficiency. I want to see a second year, although I love Joe Burrow. Let me ask you this. I think I mostly have the same 10. I think the one guy that I would not put in there um, is Prescott. I think I'd swap in Matt Stafford, um, yeah. guy who threw 40 touchdowns, who got Allen Robinson uh, in the offseason. And Dak Prescott doesn't run, and he lost is- to Mari Cooper. Is Allen Robinson, is that like, is that a net gain over what did he have? How many games did Robert Woods play last year? Um, 10, half a, 12? Half a season, maybe. But then, I mean, but, is, is Allen Robinson a net gain over Odell Robert Woods plus Odell Beckham? I mean, you can we play can, a lot I, of I don't think that. we can let. I don't think we can let Allen Robinson be stained by last year. He's still oh, he's still in I, I I love Allen Robinson. I will yeah, be that, going that's after enough, him for sure. I'm just saying, is, is it that much of a gain over? You, you, yeah, that's you, what he was saying. Which yeah, you throw I that think, in there as a well, well as an so, arrow up for Matthew Stafford, and I'm just saying I'm questioning if that's a net I, gain over Robert Woods' first half plus Odell Beckham. I'm half. talking well, about whether. Well, what I'm saying is, even if it's not a net gain, it's not a net loss, and we're talking sure. about Stafford coming off of 41 touchdowns and 40 almost 4,900 yards, and mm-hmm. in his first right. season in L.A. So right. you know now he's assimilated. Now he's got Allen. You Robinson. think there's more. No, I mean, what I don't think, but him? I don't what think there's appreciably like? less. I think he has a pretty okay. high floor. Well, then, and that's my pushback, is that's why he was still behind Dak and Burrow and others in points per game. That's that's what I come back to, is that I feel like we just saw the Stafford peak and because he swapped in Odell Beckham and threw to Van Jefferson and honestly had zero Cam Akers for most of the year, so he's relying on a lesser run game. I'm not saying that all of a sudden the Rams are going to pull back and not let him throw 600 times again, but that's why I, I phrase it the way it is. Unless you think, which I wouldn't argue against, I'm not going to say you're crazy if you do think this, Funston, if you think Funston, that Stafford could get to a Brady season, if he could get 5,100 yards and 43 touchdowns, Absolutely. And you're free. And Stafford's at 12 for everybody out there. The one he's just behind. So you just missed mm-hmm. two. If you want to say you see that with Stafford in this offense, now that he has Allen Robinson, who I have pretty high up in their wide receiver rankings when we get to him next week. If you want to say that, I won't argue with you. And you want to take. So basically, this is kind of coming in the conversation when we get the draft time is tears. I would. So my tears would be basically like Allen Mahomes. And then I would go Herbert Jackson Murray in a tier. And then Brady down to Stafford 
would be one giant ass tier. If you want to take yeah. any of those guys, if you want to just wait for which one ever those of the seven falls the furthest, I'm fine. I think the difference between those are going to be so negligible that we're talking less than a point per game. I agree. Yeah. I mean, they're basically, you're betting, it's the, it's the non, it's the non dual threat crowd and you're betting on highest yards and touchdown passes of the group. Except for Hurts. So, mm-hmm. Hurts and Except Watson. For Hertz, yeah. Well, and Watson, yeah. Watson. And then Watson is, uh, Watson, is sort we're of just a, di- is, diminishing I, because of expected, yeah. you know, missed time. Yeah. Yeah. We have no idea what's going on with him, but yeah, Hertz right. is the only one in this group that really relies solely on the rushing upside, similar to Lamar Jackson. Where'd you say Watson would be on your list if you knew he wasn't if he was going to play the whole season? I'd put him at eight, right behind Brady and Rodgers, and that's only because he hasn't played in a year. Like, I mean, yeah. honestly, like Deshaun Watson, like we talk about Deshaun. If we're going to 2021, I mean, Deshaun Watson's in the conversation with the Herbert Lamar Jackson. Like he's up there; he's top five, six. Yeah. How close are you to? Uh, well, actually, Funston, let me ask you this. So Jake's let's let's look at those top five guys for a second. We did we've talked about that next group. So Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar, Kyler. Same top five for you? Um Yeah, I'm I'm okay on Kyler. I definitely I yeah, I have the ex, I think in exactly the same order. I, I go exactly back and the forth same order too. I go back and forth on Kyler. I I'm not coming out of a draft with Kyler. He's just kind of <laughs> He's he's done all his best work early in the season. He usually Two years in a row. Picks, picks up some injuries. <laughs> um but he gets he gets Hopkins back, um, uh-huh. who was a big weapon for him. Hopkins somebody had eight touchdowns in ten games. Like he's was the go to guy. Um I just the dual threat stuff is hard to ignore, although I don't know that Jalen Hurts is that far apart from him. You know, yeah. like Jalen Hurts might be the best overall, you know, putting up points rushing the ball at the quarterback position. I mean, he was last sure. year. He had 10 touchdowns. It's probably another year or two of him just kind of completely going for it in that way. Mm-hmm. Do you remember so what the points per game difference was between Murray and Hertz? Uh, no. Was it was it razor thin? Yeah, it was 21.4 to 20.4. Actually, one more point per game for Murray. But as you mentioned, a lot of it was weighted in the first half of the season. That's, mm-hmm. And I was just going to say, is that's why I am okay with Murray. I know this is it, – it's kind of the – you know what? It's kind of the Christian McCaffrey argument. If he doesn't get hurt and he doesn't lose Hopkins, I mean, we forget. And I say we, like a lot of people forget that he was right there, number one, back and forth with Josh Allen at the beginning of the season. Like he was yeah. 30 For points a good chunk per game. Of the season. Yeah, yeah, multiple times, 30 points per game. And then right about that point where he got hurt was against the Packers, right? Is that that's when he went down and then missed time after that? That's right. Yeah, it was yeah, it was the Packer the Packer game. Yeah, so the game that we were all excited for, and then yep. uh, Adams missed it. Right, Adams was hurt, and then Kyler got got it. hurt like late. I think it was, but yeah. yeah. So, and then the Hopkins situation. So I think that if you were talking similar to Chris McCaffrey, you were saying who can challenge Josh Allen. I say Kyler Murray, but do we actually really expect that to happen? That's why he's fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I look at those top five that we just mentioned, and like, you never want to reach for the quarterback, but you, you know, you're fine taking them at value. I, I would say those first core four quarterbacks, I would take at value if they fell to me. Yeah. If I'm sitting on Kyler, I'm just going to wait on the quarterback until someone takes Kyler. And then I'm just, you know, then I'm getting into that next group and, and feeling better because I like the other guys at value. I understand where you have to take Kyler, I just don't want to be that guy. 
So is is Herbert at all close to Mahomes for you guys? I mean, two, three, I, they must be somewhat close, but is there, maybe the better way to phrase that question is, it, what, is Herbert over Mahomes a discussion you're having internally, or is it just Allen one, Mahomes two, Herbert three? You asking me or Fausta? Go ahead, Jake. Yeah. I, I, that's, I, I just, for me, Mahomes, I was going to say solidified the solidification. He's number two. Like He's solidly the number two for me. I, I could see I mean, where some people want to say Herbert, who just had more points uh-huh. per game than Mahomes. And yeah. I'm just if, looking at their stats right now. It's amazing across the board how similar – like the attempts, the completions, the yardage, the passing touchdowns, the interceptions, the rushing, the rushing yard, uh, everything is almost like almost identical. You so, so here's crazy. here's here's what I'll say is like that we just so the year before 2020, Mahomes had almost identical numbers to what he had last year, but he missed two games. Mm-hmm. I feel like the 17 game version of Mahomes that we just saw is floor Mahomes, and that's why I take Mahomes over Herbert but, because I mean. How, like, Tyreek. Oh, then of course it's like I look. I will. But, I mean, that's no, no, no. no this no, is no. a. This is a. This is I, not this, just taking Tyreek out of the offense and like this is this is a, a scheme change. No, this is this, a, is, like, this is this is also like Devontae Adams not with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers numbers people don't realize were almost identical with and without Adams in the lineup. Look, I, I think Devontae I mean, Adams is a is a better receiver overall than Tyreek Hill, but Tyreek Hill is a unique weapon. For Kansas City, that is just it's irreplaceable. I think I think See, Adams I, is a better receiver, I, but Adams is easier to replace than Tyreek. No, see, I actually think when you say scheme change, I think it's better for Kansas City. I think if you watch Kansas City, we had the discussion on the show last year, and it was whatever week it was where it was breaking down and saying how Patrick Mahomes was being stopped last year. When we had those, what was uh-huh. it, three weeks in a row, and all of a sudden people were three, panicking, yep. do I need another quarterback? <laughs> and it was because what were they doing? They were cover twoing. Tyreek Hill and forcing Patrick Mahomes to go to people he didn't trust, Demarcus Robinson and Michael Hardman, who is essentially Tyreek Hill light and now replaces him, but you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes, bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, and they're not done. This is this is unlike where Cleveland were like, okay, they should draft a wide receiver and make a ton of sense. Or like and like these other situations, like where does Melvin Gordon land? What does Arizona do? Do they really trust James Scott? This one hundred percent is they're not done. They're not going into next year with Michael Harmon, Juju Smith Schuster, and Marquez Valdez Scantling and like this is the whole situation. So like I think that you add another weapon to it, and I think the better balance with more options he trusts in Patrick Mahomes, and that's where I'm going is Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. Of course, this hat that I'm wearing, the UNC hat, which somehow made the Final Four. Hey, I had him missing the first round, and I'm a UNC fan. But anyway, <laughs> I'm saying that to say, if they go out of the draft, and they're starting week one, and they have done nothing else to the wide receiver position, I will take a bite out of this hat on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just looking it up. 2019 was when... Tyreek had the four-game suspension to start the year, right? Mm-hmm. right? And so he missed the four games. Those first four games for Mahomes, 378 yards and three touchdowns, 443 yards, four touchdowns, 374 and three, and 315 did not have a touchdown in that in that fourth game. Against I think Detroit. it's I think it's yeah. worth saying that Travis Kelsey was three, was three years younger in 2019 than he'll be this year. Well, there is a better supporting cast, no matter what you think about Juju, MVS, and Meikle. Meikle as what? A rookie? And what What else do they have? Demarcus Robinson? And, and mm-hmm. who? That's It's a better cast now to kind of maybe help, you know, 
at least kind of give back a little bit with Travis Kelsey being diminished by by a couple seasons. So I think they might still be in a better situation than they were without Tyreek Hill in 2019. Uh, I think I would take Herbert over him. Eh, I think it's close. <laughs> I mean, we just we just finished a year where Herbert was better than Mahomes. So yeah. it's not exactly. And that's what I go back to. to. He finished better than him in point two per game. With the mm-hmm. downturn of Mahomes, which we're talking about in the middle of the season, which you're rebounded from. And again, that's, I, I, I'm i not saying you're crazy to say you want Herbert. I, I'm not crazy. If you want to say you want Lamar Jackson and he gets back to his 9,000 rushing yards, Lamar Jackson finished as a number one quarterback. If you want to say, I want to take Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, I'm not going to call you crazy. Just for me, again, that's what I go back to. I feel like we just saw Patrick Mahomes' floor, and his floor was right there with Justin Herbert. So I'm going to take the fact that that was what I think Justin Herbert's ceiling. And their ceiling and floors were almost identical, and that's where I'm going to go. So what we're really talking about is that Josh Allen is a tier all by himself. Because yeah, if I you're saying we've come down to, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it, we can't no, we can't uh, you know poke any holes in Josh Allen at number one. Probably not. No. Yes. I don't. He's think still so. he's still running. He's still running, and that you know. But you lose Brian Dable, you lose uh, I don't know what Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. And, and, no, you yeah. got Jamison Crowder. I'm trying. Yeah. I can't get James there. Crowder I'm, back. <laughs> I'm still I'm still Allen number one as well. Yeah. Um, here's another piece of breaking news, guys. Uh, NFL owners on Tuesday approved a rule proposal to modify overtime in the playoffs by allowing both teams to have a possession. Oh wow! What they should have done in the first place years ago. Yeah. Still, overtime in the regular season is the same. But, oh, just, uh, so it's only playoffs. Just a, this is just a playoff change. So that that Kansas City Buffalo game, um, you know, both of those teams score in overtime in their first possession, and then the, then the Chiefs score the second mm-hmm. time they get the ball, and then that's the same argument. It's like when it, when a game's going like that, people want a more fair way to do it, and it, that was one of those games where the last team that has the ball was going to yep. win. Yep, so. yep, exactly. Exactly right. Bills, Bills win the coin toss. Bills win that game. Yep. With the way exactly. that the, with the way yep. that those offenses were rolling uh, by the end of that game, um, you know, it's good. It's margin. It's 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 marginally better. Do you like better. college overtime? Hate it. Hate okay. It. Jake. Yes. Do you like college overtime? Oh yeah, I actually preferred the old way before they started this whole two point conversion nonsense, where it's just only the conversions. Like I, I just keep going. I like when they changed it where you were forced instead of going for the extra point to use. You had to yeah. go for the two point after the third overtime. You had to go uh-huh. for it. But I, I, I've always loved college. That may, That's so much more fun to watch. What about hockey overtime where you just take away players instead of running? That was my 11, idea for the NFL. 11 I said play on 11. We go no, seven I said play on seven. seven, seven, seven yeah. On seven. That, was, that was like play some <laughs> seven on seven football. Uh, I'm here for be, it. Yeah. There you go. Um that's a marginal, it's a marginal improvement. I You're suppose. not allowed to kick but, it in overtime. I would love that. I can tell you that much. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, that's a good one. There you go. That's a good one. That's great. Um, is there? Do we want to? Do we want to talk about any of these other? Any the of these other? Actually, yeah. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. Um, Russell Wilson, QB oh, thirteen for you, Jake. Mm, um, yeah. That that that's easy for you to keep him out of this top ten group. No, I mean with Denver now, but I think the only question is how this offense changes how quickly he acclimates he's got terrific weapons but you know we've made assumptions before and i mean hell we could just go back to last year where the whole question was heading to the season who does stafford like more and it wasn't even close even when woods was healthy so you know there could be is wilson even as comfortable with them 
we all speculated on the free agency show and said, you know, mm-hmm. Jerry Judy could be his Tyler Lockett. Well, what if that Tyler Lockett lost? That He just doesn't have that innate almost mind meld with his wide receiver mm-hmm. of like just mm-hmm. being able to be on a connect same page. So, yeah, Russell Wilson at 13, if you told me Russell Wilson finishes sixth, wouldn't shock me. Sure. Yeah, he unless he's like, uh, you know what, I'm going to Denver, I'm going to just suddenly start running again. Because that was a, you know, he used to That's be the one biggest of these. Thing, yeah. It was the biggest anymore. thing. I, I think yeah, I said this before, but this is really set up like the early Seattle years where they had a great running game and a great defense. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to let Russ cook. I mean, you don't. You just he's best off a of play action. He's hyper efficient when everything else is in order. And, you know, I don't think he's we're going to see him suddenly just unleashed uh, to throw the ball <laughs> a ton. I think they're just going to have, you know, they're going to throw. You Here's know, all a, you need to know. Lower amount, but it's going to be so hyper efficient. This is all you need to know. You can just leave it on this. Carson Wentz had more rushing yards than Russell Wilson. <laughs> that's all you need to know. <laughs> he is. Yeah, uh, that's a red the, flag if there ever was one. <laughs> he's a, getting a little festively plump in the in, you know in the Eric Cartman <laughs> vein. Festively but. plump. <laughs> uh, man, and with that, I think we can call it an episode right there. It's going to do it for the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast this episode. Next week, wide receivers and tight ends. So join us for that. For Funston and Jake, I am Michael Beller. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. We'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Thank you.